African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa, the African perspective. Remember, we're on the shortwave service into the continent of Africa. 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band is our frequency. And uh, we're also on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. Thank you for joining us as well from our international community on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, we've been looking at international trends lately, and we're coming back to the African continent to look at uh, what is actually happening here on the continent and what's interesting is to see the dynamics in terms of our leaders and just their age. Look, 10 of the oldest African leaders are over the age of 73 and we all know that we have a growing youth population on the African continent. I mean, when we always talk about it, we always talk about this figure of 60% of young people are under the age of 25. We've got a vibrant youth population, yet the leadership is so old. Let's look at the Mo Ibrahim Foundation that says that the future of Africa depends on the ability to meet the expectations of its young people in a continent where the average age of leaders is at 65 years. In the year 2050, Africa will be home to over 400, look at this figure, 452 million people who are under the age 25. That's a big wow moment for the African continent. The current leadership of African countries seem to be ailing, frail and sick. Some of them not so much in touch with the needs of the youth demographics. So the question is, why is Africa so saddled with leaders who ought to be enjoying retirement in peace and quiet instead of spending their time in the unforgiving political corridors, campaign trails and taxing political brinkmanship that challenge even the youngest leader? Is the average age of the continent uh, of the continent's leader 65 relevant for the other average age of the continent which is 19.5 well we've got great guests on the line to help us to look at this question dr sydney mufamadi joins us he is the director of school of leadership at the university of johannesburg it's great speaking to you we also got uh, dr samuel oluruntoba who is a senior lecturer at the international political economy at the tabombeki african leadership institute it's great to be talking to both of you and getting your insights dr sydney let me start with you it is shocking this particular figure of uh, the average age of the leader 65 in the year of 2017 where the global trend is moving where we have youth uh, dynamics that are actually filtering when it comes to uh, population dynamics yes you are right we have to be worried about this not only because of the growing trend globally but because of our own reality we are the most youthful uh, continent in the world. Yet, as you say, um, the average age of our uh, political leaders in particular is above uh, 60. And one wonders whether this does not account for the growing remoteness uh, of the political class from the everyday lives of the citizenry. Because what you need, indeed, given where this continent comes from, 
is um, a leadership which uh, collectively uh, is an embodiment of uh, a, a wide spectrum of uh, the histories of both the liberation struggles and the effort to build a post-colonial society in Africa. So indeed, it's not either or. Uh, we need uh, to be able as Africans to benefit uh, from the wisdom uh, as well as uh, the, the vitality, the energy, the exuberance of uh, the, the wisdom of the old and the vitality of the new. Mm. Mm. Dr. Sidney, mm. what's creating really a blunder in this kind of uh, addressing this idea of looking up to the wisdom of the age is the fact that some of these leaders are holding into power. Now, let's look at uh, the icon himself, Robert Mugabe, 36 years in power at the age of 92. He's still sitting there on the throne of leadership in Zimbabwe. We look at the likes of Jose Eduardo dos Santos from Angola. He was 74 since 1979. Uh, when he was elected uh, uh, the ruling party upon uh, the previous president's uh, death. We've got the likes of uh, uh, Yoweri Museveni, 72, uh, who started his presidency at the, 90, uh, the year 1986. The youngest of them is 48, King Swati III, who is, uh, at the age of 18, started his leadership and for 30 years has been on the throne as king. He's the youngest of uh, uh, leaders on the African continent. But there seem to be this trend with these older um, members of our governance is the fact that they're holding on to power and that wisdom is not something that us, the young, are interested at because it's not exemplary in the way that they govern. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, all I'm saying is, um, I mean, there are the cases that you are citing, mm. but I think we must also avoid... Um, uh, a fundamentalist uh, generalization. So, sure. um, the point I was making was that we need to find a way by which to tap into the wisdom of those whose lived experience uh, uh, make them an archive mm. of knowledge that we we need as we look into the current challenges mm. and how to move forward. They don't have to be heads of state. Mm, mm, uh, they mm. have to avail themselves uh, to the collective efforts that we are making of addressing today's problems. But it's critically important if we are saying the young are in the majority. It's critically important that we make sure that this majority takes an active part in, in, the, in national affairs, in mm. continental affairs, and the fact that um, that uh, we are not seeing them rising into positions of leadership may mean that uh, uh, our organization, our government, are losing their grassroots base. Mm, mm, this mm. is the remoteness I'm talking about. Sure, sure. So in other words, I'm saying uh, uh, changing what the status quo must be a function of social mobilization mm. rather than uh, something that we just wish will happen. Mm.
Okay, let me move on to Dr. Samuel uh, Rondota. But before I do that, let me welcome Tami Ntenteni, who is the head of communications at the Tabombeki Foundation. Thank you as well to Richard Jerkins, who's joining us as editor of African Fact Journal from Good Governance Africa. Now, before I go to both our guests who are joining us, let me come to you, Dr. Samuel. What are your thoughts in terms of the balancing act between uh, these uh, figures, some of them who have been seen as uh, liberators from the a space of the whole decolonization process of Africa, but still retain that power to this particular time. Uh, that kind of history versus the fact that now they're still in power with a youth demographic, a lot of potential there, but that's not tapped into. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I agree with my co-panelists that even though we need the wisdom of the elders, I mean, in our cultural context, we also need the energy, the innovation, and the ambition of the youth. Uh, you did say that uh, some of the leaders we currently have were liberation leaders, and that's true, but they joined the fray when they were younger, mm-hmm. and that actually helped them to dare the colonialists. And so you see a lot of um, idealism among the youth, imagination, ability to dare and to take decisions that can lead to transformation of the society. But the, the older you become, the more cautious you become, the more pragmatic you become. And so some of the challenges we, we have in Africa, they don't answer to this pragmatism. And it even worse when you see that leaders get old, they get sick, and then they cannot perform the task of, 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 of a leader, of a president. It is not a tea party to be a president of a country. You need energy, you need creativity, mm. you, need, you, need, you need strength to be mm. able to do that. So I think it's, it's, it's a lot of, the, it brings dysfunctionality to our governance when you have people that are too old and then they cannot do what they're supposed to do and then they stay there as if it's a monarchy. It brings a lot of um, suboptimal outcome for us in, in, in the different countries in Africa where we've been having these experiences. And like the, 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 the first speaker said, we need to mobilize, mm. not just to upstage, but to provide an alternative framework of leadership. Because what we have been experiencing in Africa is that we've not seen transformational leadership mm. on, on, the, on the continent. I mean, not, it's not general, there are, I mean, there are exceptions, but the, the overarching uh, evidence is that we have not seen the type of leadership that we are looking for. Mm. And it's, so it's not just about the youth taking over, but the youth must have a, a, a different leadership paradigm, paradigm of service, paradigm of service, mm. uh, of self-sacrifice, that you don't take leadership position as a means of personal accumulation, which has been experienced mm. in many of the African countries. Mm. Well, let me bring in Richard Jurgens, who is from uh, uh, Good Governance Africa, the editor of African Fact Journal. Now, that brings me that question of relevance of, of these African leaders who are over the age of 65 with this youth demographic, as was highlighted by Dr. Samuel uh, Olorundoba, the fact that they are uh, liberal, kind of, they liberate, they were liberators in terms of their historical records. But right now, are they still seen in the same light as liberators? Are they still seen in the same light as relevant to uh, the current challenges of contemporary Africa, Richard? Uh, good, good morning to you and to the other guests. Thanks for having me. Join us. Um, to, to answer the question, I think, you know, Africa, in fact, uh, attempts to 
intervene in the debate by providing as much factual um, information as, and, and analysis as yeah. possible. So, so it's, it's, it's perhaps interesting to look at the question slightly differently, mm. in a slightly different way, and to ask um, what we set out um, asking when we prepared this edition of Africa, in fact, the presidential issue. Mm. Um, how many leaders have actually been in power for, for, for a long time, as opposed to others who have been part of a succession of power? And as it, uh, it's interesting because uh, if you look at the figures, it turns out that only nine leaders in Africa have been in power for more than 20 years. Another nine have been in power for more than 10. Wow. Um, Twelve have been in power for less than 10. And some 25 have been in power for less than five years. So that mm. confirms an intuition sure. that we had that across the continent is an embr- a widening embrace of democracy. Mm, mm. And, and so with that being said, uh, what are the kind of, uh, you know, trends that you see in terms of also the issue of these leaders' age group? Because sometimes that can be a critical point in terms of uh, relating to the youth demographic that we're finding ourselves in on the continent, Richard. Yes, it is absolutely a, a theme that's starting to play out now. Mm. We have an interesting article about uh, old school leaders, which basically identifies a, a pattern of uh, old-fashioned thinking among particularly long-time, long-serving leaders that is no longer really serving um, a continent that um, has so many young people on it. Mm. Um, uh, it helps to look at it more structurally, though, yeah. too. And Lukona Mguni has mm. a brilliant analysis of Africa's presidential systems and how they work. Mm. Um, and they basically divide into three. There's the presidential system where the president is elected directly. Mm. There's the parliamentary system where the president is direct um, is elected by parliament. And then there's a third category which he calls stage managed democracy, which which use the panoply of democracy without actually sticking to those kinds of um, processes and rules. Mm. Um, uh, so um, Lucona's um, analysis um, points out that there's there are drawbacks to both of the um, the first two systems. Um, whereas, of course, the stage-managed democracy isn't really satisfactory mm. to any citizens. Um, his recommendation, I think, is very level-headed and very um, based on, on what uh, on on, on uh, the studies that he's done, and also correlates with another study that we have in the journal, um, which is really that a five-year term limit is mm. essential. Mm. And he secondly recommends that the, that that it should not be possible to occupy um, the position of leadership for two successive terms. Mm. His argument is that looking at all the evidence, um, a short um, period of office will focus minds. Mm. Well, uh, we're looking at this issue of African leaders and the demographic of the age, most of them uh, being between the age of uh, 65, that's the average uh, uh, number, and uh, looking at the average number of the youth uh, uh, ages, 19.5%. Uh, uh, is this good for the African continent? Hey, you can go to our uh, Channel Africa Twitter handle and answer that question. Give us your thoughts. We're asking you, is it good that 10 of the oldest African leaders over the age of 73 despite the growing youth population. Give us your thoughts there at Channel Africa 1 at Channel Africa 1 or at African Dialogue. Let's take a quick break. I know we have to let go of Dr. Sidney Mufamadi who is the Director of School of Leadership at the University of Johannesburg. Thank you so much Dr. Sidney for giving us your insights at the beginning of the program. We'll come to uh, Tamin Denteni who is joining us from the Tabombeki Foundation. He's the Head of Communications there. Thank you so much Dr. Doctor, let's take a quick break. We'll be back continuing this discussion.
This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu, hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de Soleil. Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Oakland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Sochitika, mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Remember, engage with us on our Twitter handle, at Channel Africa 1 or at African Dialogue. We're asking you the question, is it good that 10 of the oldest African leaders over the age 73, despite the growing youth population? Leruo, thank you for giving us your insight. Leruo says, rather we should ask, how do we legislate an age restriction to presidential candidates on the continent? (laughs) I don't know about an age restriction being legislated but it's an interesting insight there Luru. give us your insight at channel africa one or at african dialogue tommy let me bring you in into the conversation you've been holding a while on your line there uh, your insights on on this uh, uh, demographic issue when it comes to the age of african leaders versus the youth uh, uh, dynamic in terms of our population um, thank you very much for inviting me into the panel and uh, greetings to the fellow to the fellow panelists who are there and also to your listeners. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, I I would like to take a a, a slightly different point of view in the sense that uh, I think that uh, uh, more often when we speak leadership, we tend to narrow this uh, to the realm of political leadership, whereas leadership as a concept is a very broad concept and it is it cannot be confined simply to political leadership. That there are other areas of society mm. in which we want to speak of leadership and the question then is do we then find youth leaders in those areas or people whom we could call as youth who are leaders in those various sectors of society mm. as we look at them, maybe business, etc. But the other mm. thing that I think we need, uh, we must not lose sight of, and uh, it was mentioned, I think, uh, by one of the panelists there, that uh, when these leaders who are now in their 90s or whatever, at the time when they took over, and they became leaders of their countries. They were young people. We should not approach the question as if these leaders came into power at the age of 70 or at the mm. age of 90. Or I think the issue here is that they have stayed for longer periods in power, but 
they were young at the point when they took over. So it is not as if Africa does not recognize the potential of youth leadership in mm. that Mm. Can I challenge that, Mr. I want to challenge that, Mr. Ntenteni, just briefly, because I think that's an oversimplification of um, the fact that we've had uh, long-term sitting presidents, because I think that's where the problem is, is the fact that that's the undermining itself of the youth population. When we see that fact that authorities and people in, in, in very high seats of power don't see the fact that they have the potential to actually unlock spaces of uh, authority because they're sitting on those spaces of uh, power and influence and almost because we have large in different sectors we have people who dominate areas of gatekeeping and don't allow uh, this unlocking of youth potential and that's where the problem is for me yes i I would agree that um one of the commentators in our um journal uh, remarks that uh, one of the problems um, with African leadership over the last decades has simply been that leaders have often stayed in power for a very long time and that's resulted in an encrustation of power structures mm-hmm. and has, has not allowed power to disperse through um, a society in, in, in a way that um, your other guest was suggesting and which is obviously very necessary. Um, Lukono Nguni again to return to his piece argues mm-hmm. that one of the factors that is beginning to change um, this um, encrusted reality in, in Africa is the emergence of citizen activists of various kinds. Mm. Um, and he cites, for instance, um, Burkina Faso as an example where the citizens simply, simply wouldn't accept the imposition of a, third, of, of, of a, of a ruler who'd, who'd ruled too long, they thought. Mm. So, so but, but not to stop there, he argues, and I think rightly, that another step in that direction will be the development of transnational citizen um, mm. activism. And mm. I think that's where probably young people will play a greater role because, mm. um, among other things, they're much more okay with technology, mm. and technology is enabling, enabling communication for them. So that will probably be a very important factor in the coming years in, in, um, in um, beginning to, to um, uh, restructure African societies so that power is more dispersed. Mm. Uh, let me come back to Mr. Ntedeni. Uh, what are your thoughts on what me and Richard are supposing? I think uh, uh, Richard also elaborated on it much better than I kind of uh, came up with that argument. No, the point that I, the point that I am driving at is that... Uh, we need to look at this question from the point of view that the leadership that is there now was at one point young. If then we extend it and we broaden it into the area that you are now mentioning, I think that's a different discussion and it should be framed in a different manner as to whether leaders should, uh, there should be a a, a constraining element in terms of how long leaders stay in power. Mm-hmm. The yes, uh, well, I would that certainly one, argue that there should be one, mm-hmm. um, as, as Lukono Nguni argues. Um, mm-hmm. It's obviously been one of the issues that has plagued the continent, and that is people have simply stayed too long in power. Mm-hmm. Let me bring in Dr. Samuel Olo Runtoba. I know he's listening there quietly there. What are your thoughts there, Dr. Samuel? Yes, I mean, I repeat what I've said before, that there is a need for the youth to seize the moment, not as a matter of right, but as a matter of preferring alternative to what we have as the current state of leadership. And to say that 
like one of the panelists said, there are constitutional requirements that you must be so many, I mean, a part, you must have reached a particular age. Like in Nigeria, you can't be a presidential candidate until you are about 40. And, and it is not written anywhere. There is only a 40 year, we just had an experience in France, yeah, where yeah. a 39 year old sure. uh, become the president. Mm. So if there are constitutional constraints, they must be removed. But then the consciousness of the youth also must be uh, mobilized. Mm. The youth need to be mobilized to understand that they have a stake in this. Because I agree with one of the speakers. I always argue that it is not the, long, the, the time that you stay in office that really matter, mm. but your deliverable. What do you deliver? When we look at the example of Singapore, for instance, the, the Lake Wanyu, who transformed that country, ruled for about 30 years. Mm. And they took that country from the third world to the first world, according to his book. But then, what have we seen in the leader that have stayed for so long in Africa? So it, it's not just a, an isolated incident. It's a whole structural issue that needs yes, to I be would addressed. Yes, I would agree. Mm. There, there, there are a great number of variables and factors involved. One of the studies we have in the journal um, is a statistical study of mm. a, a range of variables relating to the length of time and power mm. and the level of development that a country has achieved. Mm. And it, mm. it, it establishes some interesting provisional results, um, some of which are negative. Um, mm. it, for instance, it shows that there's very little correlation between the length of time and power and, and factors such as health, living standards, and freedom of expression. Mm. Now, this may seem a bit counterintuitive, but that may have... Um, a lot to do with uh, the fact that in authoritarian countries, those kinds of elements, mm, mm. for those kinds of elements, the bar is rather low. Mm. The interesting results are, though, that um, the longer a president um, or, or other state head is in power, the more corruption increases. The longer in power, the more president uses his office for personal purposes. Mm, mm. The longer in power, the fewer checks and balances to government power. Mm. The deeper the structural damage to a country and the greater the illicit financial outflows from mm. the country. So that does show, we think, that there is some, correl some correlation with and, and too long mm, service. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so summarizing that, um, the results, which are provisional, I would emphasize, but they basically suggest that 10, powers, 10 years in power is about the maximum that a country can tolerate before legacy effects are, started that, are set up that reverberate long after that head of state mm, left mm. Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. Very fascinating conversation we're having with the gents on the line. Uh, Richard Jerkins is with us, editor of African Fact Journal, part of Good Governance Africa. Uh, also, we have Dr. Samuel Orundoba, who is a senior lecturer at the International Political Economy, which is part of the Tabumbek African Leadership Institute, a great institute of archiving very well the African agenda issues there and uh, what's happening in contemporary uh, Africa. And also, we've got Tamin Tenten, who's also part of the Tabumbeki Foundation. He's the head of communications there. It's 11.34. Uh, we've got 10 minutes left. We're going to just uh, uh, come back after that and uh, come with our final, final direction uh, for this conversation. You're listening to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. This is African Dialogue. Monday to Thursday, we bring you great experts to speak about the big conversations on the African continent. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives.
Remember, you can also engage with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We want to hear your thoughts, what you think about the conversations we're having here on uh, uh, African Dialogue. Remember, we're asking, is it good that 10 of the oldest African leaders over the age of 73, despite the growing youth population? It seems to be a trajectory that's been taken by most of our guests on the line. The fact that there seems to be a need for young people as well to actually take an initiative of uh, kind of creating their own pathway when it comes uh, to leadership. And I know that uh, when it comes to uh, contemporary issues on the African continent, most of them are very much uh, forward-thinking when you look at uh, some of the issues that need and are required, the needs that are required on the African continent. We we need a double-digit growth when it comes to technological leapfrogging. We need also the, the issues of entrepreneurial ability. That's where Africa is uh, going right now. And also the issue of uh, a good, good um, uh, watchdog uh, uh, and uh, uh, advocacy when it comes to uh, civil rights, uh, uh, really uh, making sure that we are on check in, in, in that regard. So there is a lot of needs on the African continent, but are we as young uh, Population as the young population driving that particular need. And I want to come back to you, Dr. Samuel Oruntoba, in terms of uh, what do the youth do in, in, in these trying times on the African continent? I know some people were talking about uh, they have to create their own pathway of, of leadership. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they just need, the youth need to understand they have a stake in this project, that the future belongs to them. And I always tell my students, don't just agonize, you must organize. That we can actually learn from what the current leader did. They organize to be ensure that they displace the colonialists. So we must not just whine and be complaining that people are not allowing us to participate. We must organize. And you must organize around a concrete idea of development. You must organized around a concrete idea of nation building, of regional integration, of inclusive development. Because the whole idea of what we are having today, what we are lacking today, is that we have all these abundant resources, human resources, natural resources, but we have not been able to manage them productively in such a way that we affect the people. Mm -hmm. So the youth need to seize the moment by organizing around a concrete idea that can allow them to participate in political process, and like the other uh, speaker said, it's not only in the political realm, even at the economic realm, the, 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 the youth need to take initiative that can lead to concrete actions that can bring about inclusive development. Mm, Richard, is that easy for the youth to just uh, organize? Because uh, when you look at uh, the uh, long-running leaders on the African continent, are we calling for another coup from another young leader? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that is one of the challenges that we face here is how to, um, act, uh, how to be active in, in politically responsible ways. Mm. Um, a Nigerian academic, Sam Adeyemi, um, makes the remark in one of the articles that um, we've had different leaders with the same results for decades, he says. Um, and then he goes on to argue that one of the issues that Africa in general is facing is that the culture is generally permission-seeking, as he says. Unfortunately, the ruling class is not interested in granting permission for the mass of the people to be mm-hmm. admitted into the cadre. So I think this is going to be the essential challenge uh, that young people are going to face. Um, they're going to um, have to deconstruct these, um, what we identify as essentially old-fashioned approaches to governance 
find new ones and use the, the capabilities that we have today, including um, technology, which allows communication to develop new structures that will challenge this um, this old school approach to governance. Mm, Mr. Dene, I want to come to you. There is a, a crop of uh, an older elitism that has actually taken over different parts of African society. And it's hard for the youth, uh, because some of them come from much of a, a poor demographic, uh, to actually get into that particular elite space. Uh, and, and that seems to be also another challenge. It comes back to that issue that a lot of uh, older uh, autocrats on the African continent are gatekeepers? Uh, first and foremost, I think I would like to agree with, uh, I align myself with the sentiments that have been expressed by uh, by Professor Olerontuba. Olerontuba. Olerontuba, yeah. I would like to align because uh, every generation, and I would still want to insist that we are we should not confine the concept of leadership simply to political leadership. There are vast yes. areas of leadership in which the youth can express and actually uh, 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 add value to society. But also I agree at totally. the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I continue, please? Yeah, you can continue. Uh, also at the same time, uh, these leaders or elderly people whom we respect here in terms of African cultural customary values, these people are the custodians of wisdom. That is why when I am then saying that if we want to talk about how long a person stays in power, uh, how long a person, that's that's a different discussion altogether. I don't understand why we would want to value artifacts as antique and give value to those and yet deny value to human beings whose experience can take us forward in terms of the development. Every generation, every generation has writes its own history. And the demands of the environment and the immediate demands of society at that point in time dictates the type of leadership that is required. Mm. If you were to say to me, uh, the leadership of the liberation struggle is no longer relevant in terms of the demands of society today, I would sit and listen and say, okay, fine. Let us have a discussion around that. Mm. But at the same time, I would not relegate them to the corner there because I believe that they are custodians of wisdom that we can actually tap into even as we have young leaders taking over power. I would agree. I I think one of the crucial factors there is the the notion of the dispersal of power, which Mm. is is how I understand what you were saying mm. um, as regards the development of other kinds of leadership sure. styles and, and areas of leadership. Mm. I think that's very important. The more um, African people start developing other centers of power and other ways of maintaining um, uh, their expression over different areas in society, mm. the more power will disperse and the more um, that uh, access to wisdom will be in some ways also contained and, and, and become more usable.
Mm, well, uh, um, when, when it's not mm. contained, when it's not constrained, where there are no factors that prevent um, a leader from staying in power regardless of their ability to de- deliver to their people, then I think uh, most people find that a problem. Mm, well, I need to wrap it up somehow. Dr. Samuel, what's the way forward? Uh, what would be the ideal future uh, for the current uh, uh, Africa? I mean, when we look at projections into what we want for a better Africa, I don't uh, think I want to see Mugabe in the next uh, uh, 10 years for sure. I think that uh, there's a vibrant youth population, an educated uh, population in Zimbabwe that has a great future, uh, but there seems to be one man who keeps things uh, on the slowdown in, in that particular country. That's not an imagined country, uh, continent that I see uh, for the future, definitely, Dr. Uh, Oloruntoba. Yeah, thank you very much. All I want to say in, in summary, or in conclusion, is we need a new leadership paradigm. Leadership that, I mean, paradigm that focuses on service rather than accumulation, that is focused on the public good rather than personal satisfaction, or personal interest. So mm-hmm. we need that reorientation so. among our youth, among our leader, and then we need to have constitutional limit of the, mm-hmm. of the age that you can stay in office, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. That if you are 70, maybe 70, I think, you should be able to say, okay, let other people take over. Because like I started, I started by saying that leadership is a great responsibility. So, so. Yes, we need the wisdom of the elders, but they can offer those advice maybe as members of the upper chamber of senate or the members of parliament but mm. not as a prime minister not as a president because it mm. requires a lot of energy it requires a lot of mental mm. capacity to be able to function well mm. well thank you so much dr samuel orontoba we'll leave it there uh, dr orontoba is a senior lecturer at the international political economy of the tabombeke african leadership institute which is part of the university of south africa thank you as well richard jerkins thank you for coming in and out i enjoyed speaking to you and your commentary was fantastic he's the editor in the africa in fact journal of good governance africa thank you to tamin Denny as well, who is the head of communications at the Tabombeki Foundation. Thank you all for such a brilliant conversation. It's been fantastic getting this multifaceted view coming from the three of you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Fantastic. Also, let's not forget, we started the conversation with Dr. Sidney Mufamadi, who is the Director of School of Leadership, also part of uh, the University of Johannesburg. And uh, a fantastic conversation. Give us your thoughts. Remember, keep interacting with us. We're part of the African family together. We're trying to create this pan-African realization of having conversations online. So do speak to us at Channel Africa One. That's at Channel Africa One. That's our Twitter handle. Or you can uh, join us on at African Dialogue. That's the show's uh, handle where you can uh, just get into some of the conversations we have and the podcasts that uh, we podcast after each uh, program. So uh, we'll have that this conversation for you after the show. So for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of uh, the uh, African perspective. It is the African perspective indeed. That's what we want to give you here on uh, Channel Africa. Remember, give us your thoughts uh, by giving us your emails and uh, also SMS us. Don't forget our um, Facebook page. It's a great page where you can get uh, news and updates on a regular basis there. It's uh, simply titled Channel Africa. That's the page, Channel Africa. And our Twitter handles at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We want to be part of your world there on the social media side. Well, let's end up with some music. Of course, music on the African continent. Senegalese, Ishmael Law. This one is titled Jamu Africa.
Yeah. 